From Phil Speedtech comes a weekly digital series where he shares his insights, concepts, and findings learned during his 15-year journey of working in the entertainment industry. Each lesson offers you a roadmap to overcome the challenges that all artists face on the path to success. Welcome to a Phil Speedtech podcast. Hello, I'm Phil Speedtech, 360 Creative Coach, and it's my pleasure to have you join me for this lesson today. My goal with these lessons is for you to master mental fortitude. Now, what is mental fortitude? It's a mindset. It's a perspective shift because when you're pursuing your creative endeavors, it's one thing to have talent and luck, but in order to be truly successful, you need the right mental fortitude, the right mental resolve, mental toughness, if you will. Without it, you're going to buckle at the knees uh, and you don't want that, right? So these lessons are designed to help you through those obstacles. Now, before I dive any deeper, I would like to take the time to, to tell you to please subscribe to this series if you haven't already done so. That way, you can get all these lessons and be notified when these lessons come out. Thank you if you just subscribed. All right, let's get into it. With this lesson, I want to tackle relativism and more specifically, how it can help your art. So first, we have to define what it is. Relativism is this idea that there's no absolute truth. It must always be taken within a context of whether it be the culture of of a certain situation, whatever the case may be, but it's not absolute. And I feel like in today's day and age, having this sort of thinking can certainly allow you to just have better empathy for those around you because you'll be able to see their side of it without them having to give it to you. Now, Why is this ultimately beneficial for you? Because you can avoid a lot more arguments. And when negotiating deals, for example, you can make them happen a lot more quicker or sometimes deals don't happen at all. So this way you can actually get a deal to the finish line by understanding the other side's perspective and knowing how to navigate certain deal points. So that right there is a benefit. But more specifically, as far as it applies to your artwork, When you consider relativism, this primarily, I'm going to view at it from the perspective of storytelling, where you have characters. Now, even a painting tells a story, even though it's a still image, so it still applies in that way. But I'm primarily going to kind of contextualize it from the perspective of a narrative, right? A novel, a film, whatever. Whenever we talk about works of art that we truly gravitate towards it's because there's there's a strong protagonist but but there's an antagonist now the forces of antagonism doesn't have to be an individual person or group of people it can be uh, the world it could be something else right it could you know the weather is a form of antagonism in the right context but when you consider relativism and applying it to your artwork, it's about putting yourself in the shoes of that other thing. It's when, when you can challenge your, your protagonist more and more, it not only makes him seem like a far stronger character, but ultimately it's going to be a far more enriching story. So when you look at, I have always loved On the Waterfront, which stars Marlon Brando, And he plays a character named Terry Malloy. Now, he's someone that believes in loyalty and so forth. This is given to him because he works essentially for the mob, right? This is the the New York docs. 
you know, while there's many things going on that are wrong, the good value that he sees, well, you know, I got to be loyal. And if I'm loyal to them, they'll take care of me type of deal. And that really, that notion of loyalty versus loyalty to oneself really gets tested throughout the movie because there's equal strengths of opposition against Terry. You know, it drives him to that no character wants to exert themselves more than they think necessary in order to achieve a desirable outcome. But when that outcome doesn't come, then they have to take the next step that's a little bit greater from their perspective. And again, applying relativism, for someone like Rambo, the first step might be to knock down the entire house to be able to talk to a person. For someone like myself, maybe it's just ringing the doorbell, right? So it's the, the, the actions that they take is relative to who they are as a character. So again, putting yourself in the shoes of a particular character. But also, most people don't do this sort of exercise and really look at their antagonists. Uh, you really have to love all of your characters equally, even the antagonist. That was a big problem for me initially when I was writing my novel is I wanted to make the bad guy just the bad guy because I was sort of writing it from a personal place. And so, you know, I almost wanted kind of my revenge through my own writing, but it was a very weak story until I got into the headspace of that character and saw why he did those certain actions. And while there m might've been angst against me in real life, you know, and there might have been angst in, um, in, in, in the novel, the, you, you kind of see the ultimate place why it's coming from, you know, because maybe he got wronged by the protagonist and so forth. So that's what makes true stories that much deeper is when you can really empathize with them and get in their headspace. And the only way to do that is through the practice of relativism, where you really start to contextualize from their objective viewpoint or subjective viewpoint more, more more specifically, you know, what's truly going on? Why do they think the way that they think? Why do they have the worldview that they have? Because when you bring out those aspects of it, you know, for better or worse, even the audience, like ever have a reaction where you're like, Ooh, crap. I know that's the bad guy in this movie, but I'm kind of torn. Like I can see his perspective. That's what to me makes an amazing story is when you can show those lines of, of gray and, and really teeter that line. So that's just a, a simple way of applying relativism to your work. If you have any questions on it, please comment down below, or perhaps you have examples of applying this technique within your own work. I'd be happy to hear it. And with that ends today's lesson. If you like what you're hearing, then by all means, check out my website, philosophytech.com for other such free resources. I have so many lessons you can check out. I, I point you to other free resources that you can also uh, dive deep on. If you would like to support this series, you can do so by going over to my Patreon page or supporting some of my merch at my merch store. The links for both are down below. Or if you, you know, don't want to spend money, which I completely understand, well, a free way to support this series is to write a review on whatever sort of podcast platform, or if you're on the video side, you know, uh, write a review. That way people can find these lessons and we can build a community of like-minded people. Anyway, thank you for taking the time to tune in. I know your time is very precious to you, so I truly, truly appreciate it and value that. I'm at Phil C. Tech on social media, and I'll see you next time.